Hello and welcome to your bite-sized podcast on Four Lads Had a Dream. My name's Andrew and I'm joined by two of my very favourite podders today to talk about Rangers' 3-0 win over Hibs. Uh, so joining me tonight, first of all, is Andy. How are you doing, mate? I'm well, thanks. Hi. Good to get back to the proper league competitive stuff, isn't it? And get another win on the board. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Kenny, good to see you as well, mate. Yeah, you too, Andrew. Hope you enjoyed your dinner. Like I half did. an hour late, aren't we? So. Well, it's Burns night, so I had to have some haggis, but unfortunately it was the first time my missus was working with that particular substance, so, um, you know, it, it took a lot longer, but we got there in the end, it was very tasty. I hope but it was nice. That, it was very good, but that is not what we're here to talk about. No, we are here to talk about Rangers 3-0 win over Hibs, and I, I think we, we were talking just off air, just before we started recording, and... One of the things that I think we, we'd all agreed on was that previously these games had always been built up quite a lot. You know, you, you'd always had that kind of drama or anticipation around them. And there was none of that in the build up to this game. It was all very calm and quiet. And frankly, if you're going into a game with that attitude and then hoping that we just take care of business, you know, comfortably and competently, which we did, then it's pretty, you know, it's a pretty good state of affairs, right, Andy? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think the key thing is that we might be sitting at home worrying about, you know, it's Easter Road, it's a hard hard venue, hard hard games there. But I don't think the manager is, and I think that's the key thing, and it passes right through the squad. They turn up, they're treating it like any other game, they're setting up as they would normally set up, and they're basically not giving them the respect that we've maybe given them too much of in the past. You know, even, even Gerard was guilty sometimes of bigging up games against Aberdeen and Hearts and Hibs, whereas we just went out, played our football, and... Well, everything everything went nicely to plan, didn't it? It certainly did. So, in terms of Rangers lineup, then Kenny, we started with um, Butland restored back to the uh, back to the goalkeeping berth. Tav, Suter, Balogun, and Yilmaz in the defence. Raskin and Lundstrom in midfield. McCausland, Campbell, and Matondo as the attacking mids, and then Fabio Silva coming in uh, up top. Uh, in terms of that lineup, then any issues with that? Happy with it as it was laid out? No, I had no issue with it at all. Uh... Didn't surprise me that he started with Silva, um, having Dessers play on uh, Saturday against the Barton. It was a choice between Yilmaz and Barisic. Uh, Yilmaz's form's been great, so mm-hmm. uh, and we'll talk about him, obviously, but his form's been good. And he's called that pretty much bang on, hasn't he, uh, last night, Andrew? He, he nailed that team selection, I think. it was. And again, I know we're getting some injuries and stuff like that, but he did get it pretty much perfect last night, I thought. Yeah, no, I'm inclined to agree. I think, well, we'll run through the events of the game really quickly. I think what was really good to see, at least in that first opening 20 minutes, we knew that Hibs would be quite aggressive. They they named a 4-4-2. They were, they were obviously looking to kind of play on the front foot. But we, um, we absolutely matched them for it. And I think it was quite an evenly matched game up until the 30th minute mark when Ilmaz picks up on a really good delivery from John Lundstrom. And... I mean, this finish, Andy, was ridiculous. And for a player who we thought was halfway out the door, you know, only a couple of weeks ago, this was phenomenal to watch. Yeah, an excellent finish, but I th- it's the pass that makes it. You know, Lundstrom mm-hmm. gets the ball there, the, uh, Yilmaz makes the run, but to make that pass and get it right, he doesn't even have to break stride. He takes it first touch, and then, as you say, the, the finish is terrific. And I think that's what Yilmaz gives us. You know, he's a bit more forward-thinking. He'll get himself into those positions a bit more than Barisic. You know, he'll be wide, kind of hugging the touchline, maybe a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And, no, a, a terrific finish, you know, just lashing right through it. And a, a wee bit of romance with Scott, Scott right after it, which was good to see. <laughs> yeah, I think he said he was going to try and run to him if he did manage to score, but he couldn't find him or he couldn't get there quickly enough. So, um, it was too far yeah. away, he'd done enough. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I mean, that, that's always good to see. I mean, hell, it's all about building up that team camaraderie as well. So we um, we actually came ahead and uh, managed to get that second goal just before half time. Uh, Todd Campwell, beautiful Todd, um, had been wiped out. I think you know, not even a minute earlier taken out by two Hibs players and managed to take out their manager when they came off the, the pitch. That was fine. No no booking needed for that, obviously. Cantwell, I think, responded to that kind of pressure in the best way possible, which was to run pretty much right up the park and blooter in a fantastic goal right on the stroke of half-time. Uh, Kenny, this was, um, I think, a much-needed goal by a player who's, I think it's fair to say, hasn't had the best season so far. But if he delivers stuff like this on a more regular basis, then... Um, we're still on to a winner. Yep, it was a tremendous goal. Uh, I thought he was harshly treated uh, <laughs> by the two Hibs players that, that stuck him in a meat sandwich, didn't they? Um, yep. And he, 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 he actually was, I don't know if you noticed, but he actually started to kind of check his run. He, he popped a groin, I think. Uh, so yeah, he might be out um, for a week or two. He was um, um, he was certainly, um, you know, checking that out after that tackle that I mentioned earlier. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Clement said it was uh, precautionary to take him off at half time. But yeah. uh, look, to go back to the finish, it is just a sensational strike and one born out of a little bit of anger. I think I think he might have been mm-hmm. a little bit frustrated with his own performance. Uh, I thought he was working really hard. I, I'm not going to criticise him because I thought he was really uh, digging in and working his backside off. Uh, but create, you know, creativity, uh, you know, which he has in spades obviously mm-hmm. it's not really coming off for him at the minute um I, I i'm convinced he's carrying at least one or two injuries actually and has been all season um but look that is a it's a nine out of ten finish there's not there's mm-hmm. very few keepers on earth going to stop that if you see it from behind i don't know if you've seen it from behind yet it just oh, yeah. Yeah, flies yeah. into the into the corner of the net it's just Savage, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Finish. I think it's I think it's fair to say that Marshall didn't have his best game for him, oh, but there, there there was nothing any keeper was doing about that, apart from maybe Super Jack Bolton. Oh, um, Jack would say, <laughs> of course. Well, obviously. Um, so uh, as you said, Kenny, uh, we uh, we lost both Camwell and Raskin at half time. Camwell, as you say, I think it's precautionary. Raskin, I, I think he was fine. Uh, I don't think he was having the most effective game. Um, but Sterling coming on for Raskin and then Lawrence coming on for Campbell, both logical substitutions. And Sterling, for me, is um, still someone who looks like he fits the mould of what we want in that position. So I had no problems with that. We didn't really kind of have any major points of action for for that second half. I think Hibbs came out looking like they had a point to prove, knowing that if they got a goal, it would start increasing pressure. So I think they did come out with the right attitude and played against us quite well. Couple of substitutions. Uh, McCoslin comes off for right at 69 minutes, which my dad always jokes is the end of any football game. Anyway, um, then we uh, had Fabio Silva coming off for Dessas at the 73rd minute, at which point I told my old man, "Right, that's it. We're definitely not scoring again." And he very quickly shot me up, Andy, by um, scoring a ridiculous finish <laughs> a minute later, just after coming on. This was yeah. highly unexpected. Not just a goal, but a, a terrific goal like that. You know, it just mm-hmm. sort of reminded me a bit of the goal we scored over in Betis, where you're just thinking, where on earth did that come from? You know, <laughs> one minute you're watching him and he's scoffing the ball and mishitting it, and you just think, God, this guy isn't a footballer. And then the next minute he's scoring a goal like that, which I mean, it's an absolute rivalry. It really is a, a, a top quality goal. 
And, you know, in terms of numbers, is that since Clermont came in, I think I've seen it was 12 goals and assists in 14 games or something like that. So maybe it's about time to put a bit of respect in the name. He's, he's, he's certainly contributing. It might be frustrating, but he's, he's definitely chipping in. And, you know, we're going to need that between now and the end of the season. Well, we certainly are. As things stand, he's still our only recognised fit striker at the moment. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I think regardless of whether respect's being put in his name or not, he's going to be there. So, um, yeah, we've got Fabio Silva, but I think traditionally he's played more as a winger. Um, so I don't know if he's if he's that target man striker. But, I, I mean, honestly, if we can get Dessas contributing regularly and at the moment it looks like he's on course to keep doing that, then I'm very excited and happy about the future. So, Things are looking good. Um, Rangers kept pressing. I think um, when that third goal goes in, Easter Road started emptying. I think Hibbs knew that they were probably toast here. But the great thing was that we kept pushing forward. And uh, Tom Lawrence actually did have the ball in the back of the net. Looked like a really good goal. And um, unfortunately, VAR, which I, I think there's been some questions about how reliable those lines were on the pitch. But it was by a big toe offside at least according to the images that we were provided so i don't know what you thought about that kenny if there's you know if we want to bring up a big var controversy again i know st johnson and aberdeen in their game that was being played at the same time they had their own controversies with that um so i don't know if we want to rope in you know our own complaints because i think every time rangers do it suddenly becomes you know a non-issue but if it's other teams then then it's the problem right Look, it's, it's borderline, Andrew. It's, it's so close. Um, the, the only thing that you could say about the if you want to discuss the line that they've, they've put up shortly after the goal, what I would say is that if you actually look, I, I, most of us will be the same. You're on your mobile, you're, you're enlarging the picture and you're mm-hmm. looking at it and you're saying that line at this near side of the 18-yard box and compare it to the, the, the back, like, you know, the far side of the 18-yard, it doesn't look straight. But then you've got to take into account that Easter Road does have a massive slope. So I I, I, I don't know what you say about this. Uh, and, and with VAR and Scottish football anymore, I just find it quite tin pot. I think that's the word I would say. <laughs> it, it, honestly, it just, it's yeah. just coming across like that at times. Uh, I've I seen the incident with the St Johnston goal and that's farcical. That is outrageous. I don't know if you're... I'm not even going to go overly comment on this. It's just, Go and check it out if you've not seen it. It's ridiculous. Um, but look, Tom Lawrence, come on. He, he's done well. Uh, it's a fine finish as well. It's a great run and a good finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just really unfortunate. And it would have capped off a fine display from, from us in the second half. I, I actually thought we were really pretty good in the second half. I thought Butland made that great save. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it was 2-0, could have changed the game. Uh, I thought the substitutions all come on and contributed. Uh, I thought Silva looked good in the first half uh, until we started to tire, I think. Um, mm. Look, a, a great night at the office for us last night. I thought I thought we were very decent and I was really impressed with the way we went about our business in general. And it would have been nice for Tom Lawrence coming back to get, you know, a, a bit of just rewards, if you like. But... It, he's unfortunate because it could go either way. Honestly, it, it's yeah. The VAR thing is just becoming a little bit tedious now, isn't it? So I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore <laughs> about it. As ever, I think a lot of the problems do stem from the people who are using VAR as opposed to the actual technology itself. Um, but it, it's a bigger conversation than we're going to settle tonight. So 
I think, uh, Andy, I wanted to chat to you a little bit about what the uh, manager said after the game. Um, he There are a couple of comments that I wanted to pick out, but the, the one that I really wanted to highlight was that um, he said, I hope after several victories, the players keep on understanding where it's coming from. It's not falling out of the sky. It's all about effort, a lot of solidarity, and not having too big an ego. Now, we, we've had players who have had big egos at the club before it's Rangers that's obviously going to happen but the way that he has got this team playing as a team and and starting to develop that that thing where we can start slotting in players we had Conor Goulton out who's been you know first name on the team sheet for a good long while probably just underneath Tav and uh, Butland but um we didn't really show too much of a of a dropping quality because of that you know Suter slots in nicely with no real issues and um I think all, all across the park, as Kenny said there, all the subs kind of came on and made an impact in their own way. So that's really promising in terms of our running for the uh, second half of the season. Yeah, I think one of the, the great things that Clermont's done since he came in is really managing the squad and managing the players. I mean, I think after the you know the win in Betis, you saw his comments after that, and it was it was really determined to keep the players focused with you know the cup final and you know other games coming up, and it was a case of you know stay focused. That doesn't mean anything this week. We need to keep going. We need to keep winning. And I think it's the one thing he's been really good at is just keep keep that messaging, you know, get across to the players, across to the fans. And as you say, in that case, you know, Sterling's on the bench. He's been playing really well. He comes mm-hmm. on and, and contributes. Dessers, you know, drops to the bench. Silver starts. Dessers comes on and contributes. So, yeah, I, I think his man management and the way he's managed the players, the personalities and everything has, has been top notch. I mean, I think you probably need to go back to Walter until you've, you've had somebody who's quite obviously been as as, as good as, as Clermont is. Um, and long may that continue because he's, he's really going to have to drive these players on because there's there's not a huge squad there. We're still got you know injuries growing by the week again. Seem, you know Sima this week has been being the latest, so he's really going well, to drive and, this. And we this know we've got on. Campwell. We know we've got Campwell who's yeah. out. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Initially for a week, but we'll see. You know, so yeah, I completely agree with that, Andy. Uh, Kenny, I wanted to come to you next for um, a bit of news that came out today. Um, Stephen Davis announcing that he's retiring from professional football. Um, obviously, a real shame. Uh, he he was a fine servant for the club over two different spells, and um, you know. I think, to be honest, from my perspective, was even better in his second turnaround in terms of how well he helped knit our midfield together when he was playing, when he was fit. Um, it's a real shame that how it's ended uh, in terms of him picking up that injury at us. And then, you know, I think it was a year long process of him getting back to fitness and trying to work out if he wanted to put himself through getting ready for professional football again. And I think, honestly, it's just come down to he can have quality of life or he can be a professional footballer, but he can't have both. And I think he's probably made the the sensible choice there. But it's a real shame to to have him going out without having that kind of one last match or, or anything like that. Um, but fantastic servants. Absolutely. Look, I think he, he mentioned in his, his interview on RTV that he had... Uh... Done a series, you know, given himself a series of tests about a month ago, and he was a bit short, and he's had to make the the decision. And look, he's a Rolls Royce of a football player. He's a club legend for me. Um, and this might be controversial to some, but I actually think he might well be the best centre mid we've had in the last twenty years. Uh, over the piece, I think he's he's been just uh, honestly. Uh, Watching him, Andy, you'll be the same. You watch him at Ibrook sometimes and you just think, what a player. He's just so graceful at times and 
he'll, he'll be sorely missed up there. Uh, he, he seems like one of those, you know, forget the footballer as a as a guy, as a person. He just comes across as the the perfect gentleman and uh, a a real and one of those guys that you'd you know I don't know if you guys know what I mean by this, but I'd love to sit in a room with this guy for an hour and let him talk about football and. He'll be sadly missed. I, I absolutely loved him as a football player, Andrew, and uh, I didn't expect him to come back. To be honest, I didn't expect him to see, you know, to recover from that injury. Once you've done that injury that badly, you know, we all know what it's like. It's it's incredibly difficult for a young lad to get back to. We've seen this with Yanis Hadji, uh, to get back to the the kind of speed uh, and ability that you have and the confidence in your own body and. I just don't think it's there. And at 39, you've got a feel for him. But listen, yeah. what a career. That's all I would say. What an absolute legend of a player. Yep. Andy, any uh, any words for Stephen Davis? Yeah, I mean, Davis is just total quality, wasn't he? I mean, there was there's periods that you go back to uh, 2021 and he was playing with slippers and pipe. You know, he was just absolutely strolling through games, barely breaking sweat, but dictating the whole play. And as Kenny said, you know, what a career over the period, first time round, second time round, international. He's been there, seen it and done it all. And I, it'll be, as Kenny says, he'll be badly missed, you know, at Rangers. We'll miss him as a player when he was at his peak in the park. But, you know, all the best to him and whatever he does next. No, I completely agree and echo both of your sentiments there. Uh, that's pretty much us uh, for tonight's podcast. Um, Obviously, Rangers are next up away at Love Street to St Mirren, Saturday at 12.30. Uh, so we will be keeping a close eye on that. But we are five points back. We have one game in hand. Things are looking up. Things are looking good. So here's hoping we don't pick up any injuries. And um, hopefully, if we manage to make any more signings uh, over the next few days as the window comes to a close, we will, of course, keep you guys up to date and informed about those uh, here on Fallouts. So all that's left for me to do is thank my two lovely co-hosts. First of all, Andy, thank you very much, mate. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Of course. And uh, Kenny, thanks to you, buddy. Cheers, Andrew. And cheers, Andy. Great stuff. Wonderful. All right, folks, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. So thank you again for listening. Uh, We always appreciate it. We always appreciate the feedback, uh, the comments and the love you send our way. So please keep doing that. We always appreciate that. Um, Until we talk to you again. Bye for now. Four Lads Bite Size Podcast is exclusively sponsored by Rhino Express in association with Zenith Coins, Alexander Campbell Interiors and Wrenchers Pools. Please don't forget to drop us a like and a follow if you enjoy all our content. And if you're listening on a podcast channel, please subscribe as it really helps the podcast grow. We hope you enjoyed the show. Bye for now.